Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. Eye on the Hill 2023 special coverage on Inside Sources with Boyd Matheson. Except it's not with Boyd Matheson today. Today you've got me, Leah Murray, and my good friend Taylor Morgan talking about like, this is the best time of year, Taylor. I mean, Christmas is good. It's the only time of year, Leah, that I have to wear a suit and tie I know, every day. you look day. so lovely. Thank you. People going by. I'm usually here so in, a, like, a golf polo and khakis or shorts. He's dressed for, like, a wedding. Well Thank done. You. Thank but you. The reason or why, a funeral. Or a funeral. I feel like it should be a darker color. Yes, More true. subdued tones. Okay, you're right. Um, but, yeah, so, but the best time of year is when the legislature gets going. And maybe one of the most... I don't know, I don't want to say controversial, but interesting. Let's use the word interesting. Legislation that's coming down the pike is from um, House Representative Candace Perucci um, about school choice, right? So she has got a bill on um, kind of giving scholarships, and they're going to have a hearing today in the House Education Committee at 2 p.m. So let's listen to that coverage. Oh. Well? Okay, I think were you pointing at me? I will fill in. Yeah, I will go cover for this. it. Okay, yeah. so let's talk about this. This is House Bill 215, sponsored by Representative Candace Perucci, uh, and it is up in the House Education Committee today at 2 p.m. It is the second item on the agenda. Now, what this bill does is it provides uh, funds for uh, some call it school choice, others call it vouchers, but it it gives money to parents uh, to provide that private education for their children, but it is also coupled, right? That uh, voucher, if you will call it, that that uh, scholarship fund, as uh, others call it, is tied directly to a huge salary increase for our, our, our public teachers. And so the way that this bill has been presented so far, it, it's a new and interesting way uh, of attempting school choice in Utah. So we wanted to bring on... Uh, Renee Pinckney, the president of the Utah Education Association, the the UEA, uh, represents our public educators in Utah. We wanted to invite her on to give uh, the UEA's perspective on House Bill 215. Renee, welcome to Inside Sources. Well, thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. So UEA has a longstanding position that any voucher or tuition tax credit slash tax scholarship plan under which private education is subsidized with public tax dollars could weaken the public school system. Therefore, the association opposes any such plans. So I and see, we believe. Oh, go ahead. Go, oh, ahead. go ahead. I was just going to say. We believe that. Go ahead. <laughs> we believe that the two issues that they have in this bill 
should be separate issues and should be debated on their own merit. Mm. Yeah, legit, that was what I was going to ask you, so I apologize. We must have just been pinging on the same thing. But why why should they be decoupled? And I'll just kind of say this. I feel like it seems like maybe it's a compromise, right? So you say the big issue is taking funds away from schools. Um, when we talk about school choice, so what it sounds like maybe the legislature is doing is saying – well, we'll give money to the schools at the same time that we're funding this. So just talk to me about why it, you know, it feels like a compromise to me, but it, it seems like it's a non-starter for you. And could you just explain that for me? So we have yet to realize a fully funded public education system in Utah. Mm. I was in the classroom for 27 years, and we have never had a fully funded public education system. Vouchers take scarce funding away from public schools and give it to private schools. And instead, we must invest in our Utah public schools that 90% of our students attend. So what we're being asked to do is compromise our values for an increase in teacher compensation. And we don't believe that educator salary increases should come with strings attached to pass a voucher bill, but should be based on the important and valuable work that educators do every single day. Now, Renee, I expect that you will be up on the Hill in person this afternoon testifying uh, on this bill at the House Education Committee. What will be your message uh, to legislators? A stranger with a gun came upon two teens taking pictures under a rising full moon. But violence is only the beginning of this story. Sometimes I thought, there are no miracles. Yeah, there are. And this is a big one. I'm Amy Donaldson, and I've spent my career talking about how lives are undone by violence. The Letter is a podcast about how lives are remade. Follow The Letter at theletterpodcast.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Well, in, in terms of my being there, I had a conflict um, with today. However, we will have a UEA uh, representative, Dr. Sarah Jones, will be there. And she will be um, talking about uh, the fact that we have um, a lot of opportunity opportunities for students right now that the um, open boundaries policy, which says, you know, if a school has um, isn't closed because they aren't to capacity, that you can enroll your students in, in any school. Um, there are opportunities for online classes. We have just a variety of different opportunities for students. And what, what we know is that educators deserve a pay raise. Educators yeah. deserve a respectful professional salary. Yeah. They yeah. deserve, yeah, you know, well-staffed classrooms. Yeah. And that's what we'll be talking about. And we know that Governor Spencer Cox has been very vocal about his budget recommendation and his top priority in his budget that uh, public educators do get a pay raise. I thought it was interesting uh, when House Bill 215 went public to see that the pay raise in uh, House Bill 215 is significantly even more than the governor's recommendation. Um, so, the, it, of course, that is coupled to that uh, scholarship slash a, a voucher amount, uh, whatever we call that. But I, I want I don't want to get too far ahead 
uh, Renee, and I don't mean to put you on the spot, but in the past, the last time the Utah legislature passed a broad kind of large scale voucher, quote unquote, voucher bill was back in 2007. That bill was subsequently repealed uh, by means of a citizens uh, referendum. Uh, that happened within 45 days after the session. We see that those requirements are very different. It's very difficult uh, to do that now. Uh, Has the UEA announced or is the UEA uh, planning to take any kind of action, uh, like a walkout or anything else, in opposition uh, to House Bill 215? You know, right now we are at the beginning of the legislative session and we are going to do everything we possibly can to defeat this bill and or get the two subjects separated so that they can be debated and then defeat the voucher bill. All right. Renee Pinckney, president of the Utah Education Association. Thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah, thank you, Renee. Thank you. So, Taylor, I just wanted to say, like, I I have feelings about this as the grandchild of someone who was a public school teacher. I think Renee is absolutely correct that I don't think we've ever fully funded education, public education in this country. Um, so I won't just blame Utah. I'm going to say across the country we haven't done it. And I think a lot of problems would be solved yeah, if we did. I can understand that. But the, yeah, the thing for me is what does fully funded mean? Well, that's a good question, right? Like, what is that target But I guess I feel a little bit, too, like this feels like a fair way to have a conversation. So as someone who parented children through the pandemic, right, and kind of learned there's all sorts of different ways of doing this, right? And we have, I I want to clarify that we have school choice already in Utah. We have, we spend every year, we spend a significant amount of money on charter schools. We provide a lot of choice and flexibility in our public education system today. And for me, in a year where we have such a large, a $2 billion budget surplus, we're in a position as a state where we don't have to choose either or. We can find a way in this year to give teachers a huge salary raise and at the same time provide uh, this scholarship that will give parents additional flexibility. Honestly, I think this is a win-win. Right. So my question is, do you think that's an issue for the UEA's politics, right? That someone like me who's pretty hardcore, you know, public education should be fully funded. My husband is a teacher, right? Like all of those things. But I'm kind of reading this and not getting as indignant as I absolutely did in 2007. Does that make sense? So I wonder a little bit the way that they've managed it makes it hard to so, attack? Yeah, in all honesty, I think that the sponsors, Representative Perucci and uh, in the Senate, uh, Senator Kurt Cullimore, the sponsors and the groups behind this bill, they have worked really hard. They've been working at this for a long time. Uh, this was even explored last session, so this isn't new. And the way I see this is they have found a very smart way to neutralize opposition and provide uh, a, a serious benefit for both groups here. Yeah, so coming up, local governments across the country are beginning to crack down, Taylor, on public comments during proceedings. We're going to look deeper into this phenomenon when we come back. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. 
I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.